When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. My name is Kyle Loomis. We're back again to talk about an Auburn's men's basketball victory against the Arkansas Razorbacks. Now, the score of this game is somewhat up to debate. We'll get to that in just a second, but I can assure you, Auburn fans, that we did win the game. If you were not watching or listening to it tonight, they do take down the Arkansas Razorbacks, pushing their overall record to 18-8 and on the year, and their SEC record now at 7-6. and We're going to break down all the news, discussion, and topics from this game, and to do that, I am welcoming back to the podcast, my regular co-host, Mr. Clint Richardson of the Auburn Uniform Database. Welcome back, buddy. Blue Pit Suey, no more. You know, I take it back. I think I want Drew back. I think now that I'm thinking about it, I had a lot of fun with oh, him last wow. podcast. Well, dang. <laughs> you got replaced, sir. <laughs> no, it was fun having Drew on last show, but I did miss you and getting to talk about the disgustingness Aww. that is the Vanderbilt gymnasium there and we <laughs> he and i agreed on that point these that we hate it so much so you know I, you did not get a chance to defend it that's a shame that's that's a t- i still want to just force you into that arena one day and and force you to enjoy it and embrace the history that is memorial coliseum uh my only time going to that i how about this i will step in bryant denny stadium before i step in memorial, oh. memorial gymnasium <laughs> that's saying something right there oh uh, Anyway, we're not talking about Vanderbilt tonight. We are discussing an Arkansas loss to Auburn in Auburn Arena. Now, Gosh, that was put in nicely. Yeah, you know, it's it's a shellacking of sorts is the best word that I can That's still putting it nicely. It, it, was, it, was, it was something. Um, here is the catchy thing about this, Clint. 79-56 to 56 was the official score when the game ended. However, you, you and sure? I— get on this podcast and then we have breaking news that a point has been offered back up to Auburn making it 80 to 56. What do you make of this? I have no idea. <laughs> Great analysis on your part. Just, I mean, it's, I, I really don't know. It was either a uh, scorekeeping issue or I don't, I don't know. We got, we got the win. That's all I know. Do you, do you think Mike Anderson like just looked at it and said, you know what? We didn't deserve to even be that close. Here's another point for that. <laughs> I wish it worked that way. It, it would be nice. Uh, I'll take points however we can get them. I mean, 80 looks a lot better than 79, so we'll take it. The official score apparently now stands at 80 to 56. Auburn getting the victory over the Razorbacks here. Well, now now it's back down to 79. So Are I don't you know serious? What to do we have breaking, breaking news? <laughs> 
Uh, yes, Auburn officially scored 79 points. You are hearing this live on the show tonight. We are just flying by the seat of our pants here getting the official score. 79 to 56. Can we move on from that and just say Auburn won? Yeah, I'd be down for that. All right, well, let's talk about how Auburn won tonight. Now, I think this was a very important game for Auburn's mentality because of the struggles they've had, the way they kind of had to eke out the win on the road against Vanderbilt, the bottom of the SEC. And looking at what's coming ahead, this was an extremely important win for Auburn to get back in the home arena, to have the fans behind them, to have a good offensive, a good, uh, it's not a complete game, I'll admit that, but a good offense and defensive performance in this game. And I was very pleased for the most part with what I saw tonight. Oh yeah, this is the best performance we've seen out of Auburn in, in a couple of weeks and to just come out on fire. I mean, after the old Miss game where it felt like Auburn couldn't buy a bucket and only had, what, three points eight minutes into the game, Auburn did had such a role reversal against Arkansas and <clears throat> was leading, I think it was, what, 19-22 to 1 and 22 to 3 or whatever it was and and took a 45 to 20 lead into halftime like that was as just dominating a first half as we've seen in a long time and it was really nice to see yeah I looked up at one point and we were up by 10 and I looked up another second we were up by 20 and it seemed like it was just going to keep going and going and at some point, it seemed like Auburn just finally got to the point and said, you know what, this enough is enough. We can't have this much of a lead. And they kind of hung around that 25 to 30 point lead the entire rest of the game. And you saw Arkansas at times kind of make a few runs there, but Auburn was just too far ahead, had the crowd behind them. Uh, everything was going their way. You know, we've seen so many times where the ball just seemingly would not go into the basket for Auburn, literally roll in and roll out. Tonight, I saw the reversal of that, where several free throws that were should have been missed rolled back in, shots that shouldn't have been tipped back in were able to go back in there. Just a lot went Auburn's way tonight. And you kind of got a feel for Arkansas and Mike Anderson because we've been on the other side of that coin a lot this season. Gosh, have we ever. And, and kudos to Arkansas, as they talked about on the broadcast, the team didn't quit playing. You're down by a lot, and you're down by a lot quick. And to you know, to look up at the scoreboard and see that you're only five minutes in and you're already down 20 points, that's got to be demoralizing. But they, for the most part, they all kept playing and fighting and you know they were playing for something more than just a win at that point and as a coach and as a fan of that team I think you have to be just proud of that point at the very least you know it's almost like these these midweek baseball games against lesser talent like you know Alabama A&M doesn't come to Auburn this weekend expecting to win both games you expect to compete if you get a win that's a big bonus and I think once you kind of start down a path of too big a hurdle to overcome realistically, I think you just have to kind of change your mentality at the game at that point. Well, Mike Anderson's such a great coach too, and they are fighting for something still. They're fighting for a chance to be in the tournament. They're in the conversation. I mean, I think it's getting harder and harder for them to make that case um, as time goes on. You know, they really could have used a road victory against Auburn tonight. Thankfully, that wasn't the case for us on the other end. Uh, But, You know, there's still an opportunity there for them to get in the postseason, and they do have the talent to do so. And speaking of their talent, let's talk about, 
you know, the, I guess I was just going to say the elephant in the room, but the Razorback in the room, Daniel Gafford, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, major NBA talent that is on Arkansas's team tonight. Uh, I don't have his, like, uh, his his stats for his size and stuff like that, but I'll be honest, he's the first player outside of these, you know, the Kentucky players and things like that that I've seen on an SEC team that I really look at him and say, that's an NBA type of player and an NBA type of talent. And I could really see what, why the scouts were there tonight to see him. Well, and I think that that just goes in part with just the growth of SEC basketball lately. And, you know, it's mid February, late February when there's still 10 teams vying for tournament positions. And and this isn't a lead that's only going to have a handful of, bids this year i mean there there's a lot of teams that are going to get in and with that you've got better talent on the teams and more spread out talent and it's not just all you either go to kentucky or you go to duke unc or anything like that really good players are coming to almost every single team in the league and we're going to see those we're going to see players that just about every single team and that can play at the next level and that means that every single game is going to be that much harder. You know, the interesting thing about this with Daniel Gafford here, this would be one of those games had things played out differently throughout the season, meaning Austin Wiley is not gone through his injuries, his the end of his suspension, and said played a full season, never had to kind of play catch up the the entire way. I would have been really interested for this matchup with Daniel Gafford versus an Austin Wiley in his prime because we've seen what Austin can do. And then you saw moments of that tonight where you know Austin was blocking shots and uh, playing really good ball down there, but he's still not 100%. He's having trouble catching the ball and holding on to it. He's having trouble making dunks, making free throws. I mean, he's just not completely there yet. And I continue to try to caution fellow Auburn fans to give him some time. It is a long road back from what he's working through. It's It certainly is, and I think that, you you just saw him on the defensive end kind of have a little bit more handle on the game. And, I mean, SEC basketball is so fast right now that, you know, even just taking a step back, it's got to be hard to catch back up to it. And we, it, we saw his freshman year that it took Austin a couple of games to actually catch up to that speed and be able to just play at, you know, college-level basketball speed. And I think... I think we're in that mode again. I think he's going to need a, a little bit longer to kind of gather that and, and just get back to where he was physically and mentally. Well, here's the good side of this, Clint. I think I brought this up in the last episode. It's a sad fact for him, but if he continues to struggle the way he is, there's a less likely chance that he goes pro this year, and that means he might come back, which Auburn retains some size. Now, he could decide to still go or do something else, that's obviously on the table for him. I hope that's not the case because I'd love to see him have a complete season in Auburn and become a Daniel Gafford type of player. Hopefully not to where it's just Daniel Gafford and the supporting cast. Hopefully he's got a team still built around him next year that can really support him and they can all make a a full, complete run through the season together. Because that's been the main thing that's been lacking here throughout. And that wasn't the case tonight, however. It, It was a great game all the way around. They played great offense, as we've already mentioned. But defensively, it stuck out really well to me tonight, especially the way they fronted Gafford and some of the other big men tonight. 
And then you would see them, you know, try to toss the ball over. And lo and behold, Samir Dowdy, Jared Harper, Bryce Brown would just squeak him behind and steal the ball or cause him to fumble a little bit. I mean, it was some great defensive performance by Auburn tonight. Yeah, Auburn took a really good um, game plan into this game and just just smothered them defensively. And it, and it really helped. They were just missing everything, like you said earlier, Auburn had the ability to just go down the court, throw something up, and it go in. And we've seen the Tigers on the wrong end of that many times before. Um, just Auburn was able to just stop Arkansas what they do best. And this was supposed to be a matchup between two of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. And whereas Auburn made 17 long shots, Arkansas only made four. And that, that alone was the the difference in the game, really. It really was. I mean, we've been on that side of, of the story before, too, where you only make three or four three-pointers throughout the game. It can be very frustrating. And again, goes back to credit for Arkansas for not giving up despite their struggles shooting behind the three-point arc here. Defensively for Auburn, we had six blocks, 11 steals. We caused 15 turnovers, resulting in 24 points off of those turnovers and we won the rebound battle tonight 34 to 42 um, so I think all around tonight there's a lot to be happy about defensively we've always been known for great inbound defense um, that the situational type of defense is not just your typical lineup go man for man or zone uh, and set up when they're set up in their offense here tonight I was really glad to see that it seemed like coach Pearl and the staff focused in on that and made that a priority, and that results tonight, and I think it's like three of the last four, maybe even a longer streak than that, opponents at home haven't scored more than like 63 points. That's really impressive. I know it's at home, but to keep holding teams around 60 points is is a really good recipe for success. (laughs) I mean, absolutely, especially if Auburn's offense is running the way that it it can. And, you know, you you kept – Ole Miss to about that number, 60, 65 points, but you weren't able to do anything offensively. And just when you're able to just shoot lights out, 48% from the field, 52% beyond the arc, it it just makes everything so much easier. You don't have to worry about all the minor things. Of course, coaches will worry about those and want them all cleaned up, but they're not – as magnified and you have a a lot more room for error and that's that's ultimately where this game ended up Auburn should have doubled those 45 first half points and and won by so much more than they already did but they took the foot off the pedal in the second half and just kind of coasted to it and you know good luck dealing with coach Pearl and film studio but I'm glad I don't have to sit in on that one. Oh no that's not one I want to have to sit in on either uh, but, yeah, they did coast a little bit here. But, you know, the offense was just running so great. And I think there's a little bit of an argument to be made that maybe some of that success early on was due to a coaching decision to change up the starting lineup a little bit. We'll, we'll see how you think about it. Malik Dunbar gets the, stu- the start over Samir Dowdy tonight. And I part of me shocked because it seemed like Coach Pearl was so dead set on Samir being in the starting lineup throughout the season. And I, I think he brings a lot to the table. Offensively, that's been a little lacking from him, but he's a great, great defender. And he can make a three-point shot every once in a while. But I don't know that you can replace the energy 
the wow factor, the the thing that Auburn struggled with a lot of times on offense is getting a good start. And whether Malik scores or not, he usually provides situations to do those things. And I think that's why you saw Malik get the nod over Samir tonight. Do you agree with that change by Bruce Pearl tonight? Well, the results show. And yes, after this game, I absolutely do. And I too was kind of shocked when I saw it. Not more, not so much the change itself, but like you said, that Coach Pearl would actually make the change. And who knows why he did it. Um, I think you're right that Auburn did need a little bit more of the head start at the beginning of the game. And that's what Malik was able to do, hit a three-pointer really early in the game and was just able to get the energy in the team, in the crowd. And that's something that we know this team feeds off of. And when you're able to just start with it, it helps so much. And, you know, hitting shots and missing shots and those kind of things are so contagious that, you know, if Malik, who's not the best three-point shooter in the world, is able to go out there and hit two threes really early on, that's contagious. The rest of these guys are going to catch on to that. And that's really what allowed Auburn to hit 17 threes and, and shoot 52% from the arc and, and have all but one of your starters hit double digits. I mean, you've got to have that catalyst, and that's exactly what Malik Dunbar is. And I think he's earned those extra minutes. And Samir has been honestly really frustrating for me lately. Um, he plays just, I think, a little too fast for himself. You'll see him just trip over himself and lose the ball and, and make not the best decisions. And even coming off the bench, he had 21 minutes, only scored six points, but he had four personal fouls and five turnovers. He's just not the cleanest player right now. And if he wants to get back into that starting role and ultimately more minutes on the court, he's really going to have to clean those up. Well, here, and I would argue, too, that the change tonight is not a reflection on Samir Doughty at all because if you look at how their minutes played compared, Samir had 21 tonight, Malik Dunbar had 22. And that's kind of how it's been all season. They He and a couple of other, others have been like trading minutes around that mark. You don't really see the 30, close to 30-plus minutes unless you're a guy like Chumo Kiki, Jared Harper, or Bryce Brown. I think that really simply it boils down to the shot in the arm that Malik Dunbar has consistently throughout the year been able to give Auburn. And instead of utilizing that when you're already down, as Auburn has tended to do the last couple of games, why not use it at the beginning and let's get a little momentum going forward? And it clearly obviously worked tonight. The question is, will it work on the road? And we're going to talk about that in a little bit here. Uh, but I do agree with the call tonight, and it's nice to see Coach Pearl stick to his guns and try to make it work with who he's got because he's got talented players in the original starting lineup. But it's so nice to see Malik Dunbar reap the benefits, continue to put his head down, and just play good basketball, and then you get rewarded for it. So it's a great lesson to other basketball players out there um, that sometimes get frustrated by these things that they're not starting. To me, I'll always honor the sixth man, more than I'll honor the starting five because I was a sixth man. I was the one that never st- – I mean, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I understand the frustrating that you at times feel like you deserve a starting role, but I learned to relish the sixth man role 
because that is the guy that is coming supposed to come in and change the course of the game when it's not going the way it's supposed to. So my hat's off to Malik, and I'm glad he uh, earned it tonight. Uh, anybody else stick out for you tonight, Clint? I mean, how can you not say Bryce Brown? Uh, 19 points, 6 of 10 overall, 5 of 8 from 3. Uh, Bryce was just, he had the shot. And, you know, it's Jared was able to hit long shots as well. But I, I was really excited with how Bryce was able to just get the ball, make one move, one dribble, and shoot. And Arkansas had awful three-point defense tonight. But, I mean, you saw it early on. I think it was even the uh, one of the replays going into commercial. Bryce got the ball on the wing, faked. Guy went flying into the bench, took one dribble step, and shot it, and it was beautiful. That was so beautiful. It was so pretty. And that's really what Bryce's game has been missing. He He wants to either just pop and shoot immediately or be super heavy in his dribbles. And when he plays like he did in that moment and he did tonight, it's it's going to be beneficial. And I saw him diving for rebounds. Um, he only had three rebounds, but he's, he's just making an impact. And that's really what you want to see out of Bryce, and especially when Jared is still kind of in a, a rut. He did come away with ten points and uh, four assists, but... This isn't the Jared Harper that we know he can be, and, and Bryce was able to add that fuel for Auburn's offense tonight. Well, and I'll take a Jared Harper struggling over pretty much anybody else at point guard right now because he still finds a way to create plays and opportunities for others, even if he doesn't produce the points we're used to there. And I do have to concur with you on that Bryce Brown step aside. I mean, when he took that step to the left after making the guy just jump into the stands – I just literally, I sat, I, was I standing or sitting? I can't remember. I think I was sitting and just turned away and started doing something else because I knew he made it at that point. I was like, that was so smooth, calm, and collecting the Bryce Brown that we have been used to seeing the past couple of years when he is at his best. I was like, that's a three-point basket. I don't even have to look at it. And that's such a nice thing to know that he was feeling so confident in himself to just calmly take that step to the side after faking the guy out and just knock down the three and walk away and keep doing it the rest of the night. So a lot of good things uh, for Auburn fans to be excited about tonight, especially after the game that we're going to be heading to next, and we'll discuss that now. So this Saturday, Auburn will be heading to Lexington, Kentucky, for one of the biggest games of the SEC regular season and probably the season for Auburn. Now, if you recall, last time Auburn and Kentucky met, it was a pretty interesting game. Auburn made a game of it by the end of it, only losing by two at home. Uh, I remember that was probably one of the more exciting games we've had this season thus far. Currently, Kentucky stands at 22-4 and on the year and 11-2 and in the league right now. This is a different Kentucky team than when we saw in Auburn Arena a few month a month ago. Wouldn't you say, Clint? Oh, absolutely. Um Kentucky has been playing as one of the best teams in the country right now. And just this is the time of year that Kentucky gets scary. You've got young players who have finally gotten the experience to the point that they are no longer freshmen. That's what they say on the roster, but they're not actually freshmen anymore. Um, they're, they're playing well together. They've got momentum. They made Tennessee the number one team in the country who hadn't lost in, 
what, 19 games, hadn't lost since November. They made them look silly on their home court. And, I mean, it was – Lexington is a really tough place to play. Kentucky always comes to play, and they they can make anybody look like they don't belong on that court, and that's what they did to Tennessee. And Auburn has a really uphill battle. It doesn't matter what Auburn team, whether it's last year's team – the 99-2000 team, or even Charles Barkley. Lexington has an effect on teams, and it's really, really hard to win there. What's the interesting thing about this for me is this season started out, for the most part, with Auburn and Tennessee arguing who was the best team in the SEC. And we've seen how that's played out from those two aspects for the most part. It was still a few games left to be played this season. But it's like Kentucky all of a sudden just said, you know what, y'all just sit over here. I'm still the king of the SEC when it comes to basketball. Now, granted, we've still got to play the tournament in the SEC. We've got to play the NCAA tournament to see who truly probably was, by the end of it all, the best team in the SEC. But they're playing like it right now. I mean, just annihilating Tennessee. When I saw the score of the Tennessee-Kentucky game, I thought I was having a little bit of a case of dyslexia thinking it was, I was like, whoa, Tennessee's for real. That's, that's a pretty big lead they've got on you, Kentucky. And I was like, oh, wait, no, that, what? What's going on here? <laughs> so it, it's a little scary going to Lexington after seeing what they did to Tennessee, after seeing the way they've kind of risen throughout the entirety of the season, the tough non-conference schedule that they played. However, I will temper those fears with the fact that Auburn fans should really be excited, A, with the way the team performed in this game. But remember when there used to be a day, Clint, when we would walk into Lexington and think, well, can we keep it under 20? <laughs> uh, you know, every time I hear that phrase, I just think back to uh, the trip that I made up to Cincinnati when we, when we played Xavier a couple of years ago. And we just kept saying to ourselves, if we could keep it at 10, if we could keep it at 15, if we could keep it at 25, <laughs> like, please just keep it at 30, Auburn. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's how Auburn of old used to be. And now it's, you don't talk about the Auburn Kentucky game of how bad will Kentucky win? It's does Auburn actually stand a chance? And in the last couple of years, it's yes. And even though it's an uphill fight that um, Lexington is one of the hardest places to play in, Auburn still has a chance. History's not on your side, but history wasn't on your side when you went to Nashville last week. And, you know, Auburn, you love playing the underdog role. And every single sport, when you put on that Auburn jersey, you are the underdog. And you thrive in that. Go up there, make history, and just sour their party. That's what you like to do, Auburn. Make it happen. Well, and here's the beauty of that, Clint. Yes, it would be souring their party, but the first time, well, not the first time, but it hasn't happened that often that this actually helps Auburn's already built case for the NCAA tournament. You know, we're sitting at a three, uh, excuse me, not that's where we used to be. We used to be at a three seed. Uh, we're sitting at an eight seed by predictions right now. I don't foresee us getting back up to a three, but I think it's very plausible for us to make a case for a four, maybe a five, a six. To do that, you have to make a signature win on the road. Auburn has not done that yet outside of neutral games. If you want a, your case for the NCAA committee, here it is, my friend. Go to Kentucky. 
take down the number four team in the land that just beat the number one team. Get your revenge for early in the season. It's there for the taking. It depends on how bad they want it. And based on how I saw them play, I'm feeling a lot more encouraged for this game on Saturday than I have in quite some time. However, as I always say, it's still Kentucky. Yep, it's it's going to be a dogfight, that's for sure. But we'll find out how we do this Saturday. Hopefully, when we come back to you again, we'll be celebrating a win. And if not, we still got a lot to look forward to the rest of the season. Before we get out of here, Clint, let's give our contact information. They can find me on Twitter at TigerEye24. Where can they find you? You can follow me on Twitter at ClintAU24 and check out my website, the Auburn Uniform Database at AuburnUniforms.com. And that's all we have for you on this edition of Inside the Jungle. But until we talk to you again, War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?